Okie dokie, folks. Welcome to the Roots Report podcast, presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by The Parlor, R1 Entertainment, the Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island, and SE Microphones. I am your host, John Fusick. Today we have Russ Anderson. Russ portrays Elton John in the tribute show Rocket Man. He emulates a mid 70s Elton John show, complete with some of Elton John's actual costumes. He was selected by Elton John to represent him in Elton John's farewell yellow. Brick Road tour videos. The Russ Anderson Rocket Man show will be at the Providence Performing Arts Center on July 16th. Hey John, it's Russ Anderson with Rocket Man show. How's it going? All right, how are you? Oh, good, my friend. Good to talk with you. What's going on? Where are you calling me from? Oh, I'm uh, I'm down here in Clearwater, Florida. Ah, so you sound like a Scot. I am. I'm from Glasgow. That's right. I. Oh, I was wondering about that. I was wondering if you were from uh, the UK at all because you're an Elton John person. <laughs> That's right. Well, I always tell people, you know, you know the whole history between Scotland and England. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> See, this is this is the uh, it's the only gig uh, the only gig in the whole world where you're going to get a Scotsman pretending to be an Englishman. <laughs> You know? So how long have you been doing this? Oh, I've been uh, doing the Elton John show, Rocket Man, since uh, '09. So it's been a been a wee bit, you know. But this is my thirteenth year. Uh, what uh, got you into it? What What was it that inspired you to start being Elton John? Well, I think a lot of tribute acts, uh, specifically, have a similar story. Uh, that I, at least the, the the ones that I am friends with and that I know of, and that you know, we were all musicians in our own right, or you know, in some cases, actors. And for me personally. I was piano player and in bands my whole life, you know, my teenage years in Scotland. I went through the whole original band, uh, rock and roll thing, you know, grunge, emo. And then I came over to America in 2003 uh, and I was 23 years old. And uh, I started just kind of pounding the sand at the beach bars here looking for, you know, anywhere that would let me sing. And I didn't even want paid for it. I didn't really know there was such a thing at the time. You know, started doing small beach bars, top 40 gig, TK bars, open co- open air concert stuff on the beach. And uh, a few years down the road, because I was going to college at this point in St. Petersburg College, I came over here for school. And just uh, after a couple of years, people were kind of saying the same thing over and over to me every night. You know, it kind of reminded us of, of a young Elton John. And I had never really thought about it until luckily there was a new phenomenon at the time called YouTube and I started going on this YouTube thing and I uh, started to get a chance to actually see what Elton John was like in the 70s right because uh, you know I wasn't around back then <laughs> but started watching a lot of his videos and and I could immediately see myself doing that I said oh yeah I could do that yeah I could do these big costumes and and things like that and of course I knew all of his songs already, being a piano player. So it just started like that, really, and just progressed. And I started doing a couple of small Elton John cover night uh, tribute shows, and it got bigger and bigger. Started to find a few band members, got a band together, and that opened up a whole bunch of doors. Well, obviously, you go from beach bars to concert halls as soon as you have a band. And uh, but, but that's about it, really. I mean, I was always a huge Elton fan. He was one of the first artists that I learned songs on the keyboard and the piano when I was a little boy. And uh, just, uh, it's amazing how, how things end up. Fast forward to now, uh, we're doing the show full time. We've been full time for several years now, but full time now all over the place. And um, got a chance to actually do projects with actual Elton John, which I never thought would happen in a million years. Yeah, you were, you were body double for him in his videos? Yeah, when you go to Elton's tour, 
his farewell Yellow Brick Road tour, the big one he's on right now. Uh, yeah, I'm featured on the big screens there behind him and I'm in the merchandise and all that. I got to do a whole bunch of videos with him and uh, they used the videos for uh, a lot of the promotional stuff they do with Elton for his tour. And, uh, now how did that happen? Just uh, got a random phone call one day. In fact, um, I thought it was a joke <laughs> because uh, my wife and I were sitting and I uh, got an email and it was, I have a, a good friend in Las Vegas who's a Tom Jones impersonator. He's arguably the best Tom Jones tribute act in the world today and he's friends with Tom Jones and things like that. And I thought it was him playing a practical joke on me. I've got a project for you to uh, to uh, to work with Elton for his Yellow Brick Road tour. Would you be interested? <laughs> and I'm, I'm so glad that I didn't send him an email saying, you know, F off. <laughs> that's, that's usually how I respond to his emails. Um, but uh, no, I uh, sent I, I sent the guy an email back and uh, it escalated and I found out pretty quickly that this was something on a different level. And uh, they, they apparently were, um, they were kind of throwing down a short list of people for the job and it was between me and one other person. Uh, I, of course, I didn't know who the other person was. I'm thinking, is it another Elton John impersonator? Is it... Is it a, an actor? Is it someone famous? Is it? And then I later found out, uh, you know, when they told me, you know, Elton picked you. You're you're the guy for the job. Uh, I found out later on that it was between me and Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Apparently, he was uh, he was a wee bit too expensive. <laughs> I said, I'll do it. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a couple of hundred bucks off. <laughs> what his price was. <laughs> I didn't know Justin Timberlake was a. Elton John impersonator. <laughs> no, I didn't either. But uh, what I later found out was he he had done stuff for Elton in the past. Really? Apparently. Yeah, he played Elton in a music video back in the day, and uh, this train don't stop here anymore from the two thousands. And and it was a kind of the music video was set uh, about Elton John backstage, about to go on stage, and just how chaotic it was and Justin Timberlake actually played Elton for that video and uh, it's, it's a great video if you put it in you'll find it it's really cool called uh, This Train Don't Stop Here Anymore and you'll see uh, Justin Timberlake there. but uh, I didn't know that at the time so I can now tell people hey I beat out Justin Timberlake <laughs> <laughs> well, I go back with Elton John a long way I, I was a fan of his kind of from the beginning and i saw him the first time in 1976 on the bicentennial it was uh, probably one of the best shows i had seen in my life still to this day because it was such an amazing show it was probably my second or third concert and um it was a huge spectacle and that's that's when elton john was in his ultimate prime before i mean while it was still the bernie years and and while he was still you know riding high before he got into the disnified aspect of his career but that was a, a really uh, a strong concert and then i saw him a few years later when it was when he was kind of in his downturn years before he picked up again and um it, i mean i've always been a fan i kind of lost him you know as he got older and uh, i wasn't much of a fan of the newest stuff but the older elton john stuff and that's what you seem to concentrate on is the older stuff right exactly yeah we don't do any uh well i mean we do know the songs but once in a while we dive into the 80s uh there's a couple of big songs there that you have to do nowadays uh like i'm still standing 
but other than that, no. I mean, I, I, my whole show is when you sit down in the chair in the audience and the curtain opens. You're at an Elton concert on any given day between. 1973 and 76. And those are his prime years. That's that's I mean, the that's the ultimate Elton John in my view. Is that's when he was writing his best stuff because he had Bernie writing lyrics and he was writing the music and that partnership was cranking out some of the best songs that came out in that decade. Oh, that's right. I mean, the songs are absolutely beautiful and it was just one after the other, wasn't it? But apart from that, the show factor. Um, you know, looking at. Uh, down at all of Elton's decades on stage, the show factor that I think that as a tribute act you have to really bring. We're really able to do that with those three years because that's the years where he was just prolific. I mean, he had these massive costumes. He was running around crazy. He was jumping up on the piano, crawling around under the piano. He was, you know, he was such a showman. That is what, as a tribute act, you have to pick the iconic moments and the iconic costumes. Right. And you own some of the costumes, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have boots, glasses, uh, hats, jumpsuits, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, several uh, exact replica costumes also from just various other uh, moments of his career. Because um, my wife, uh, Molly, she makes all the costumes. Oh, really? Wow, that that saves you some money, too. I'm on the landline today, so it should be nice and clear. Hang on. My wife and I adopted a couple of uh, 20-year-old cats. I'll tell you what. (laughs) 20 years old uh, they've got a, they've got a stronger voice than me I was out of town for a couple of days and my cat was meowing at the top of her lungs for like an hour when I came home the other day because when you pick this when you, we've got one of those the boy I don't even know he's at least 20 when you pick him up man he's like a bagpipe you know? <laughs> <laughs> So my wife Molly, she makes all the costumes. She's also my road manager and uh, produces the show also. So uh, when we take a booking, for example, um, you know, I'm, I take a back seat and concentrate on the performing and Molly takes over the whole operation. But we get, obviously, to travel together and to, to experience all the moments that we have together. She was obviously at a couple of the occasions when I was with Elton and with his, his people. She was able to actually see and hold and physically touch all of El's original costumes from the 70s because he still had them all. Well, he had most of them. Didn't I thought he auctioned off a lot of this stuff back. A well, few... he, he did, but he ended up, they bought a lot of them back because I think they appreciate the... Um, you know the kind of the kind of trying to preserve the costumes I think has become a major part of his office's goal now because they're desperately trying to get a lot of his old stuff back. Uh, not all of it, but just there are certain things that, that they've bought a lot of his stuff that he auctioned off back. I know that because they have it all. They have it all on on in storage, and they brought it to one of the film shoots that they had, and and it was so weird. I mean, I mean, I'm walking down the line of all these costumes. And I'm trying them on. I'm picking up these jackets. I'm putting on this Donald Duck hat that I know is so incredibly <laughs> famous, you know. And, I remember uh, that one. Oh, yeah, I mean, and, and my wife, she's taking pictures of him, and I'm taking pictures of him, and I just can't believe I'm, I'm in this dressing room holding Elton jumpsuit from 1973. You know, things like that. It was it was surreal. But she was able to see what these costumes are made of and, and how they were constructed and what type of fabric they used and what type of uh, crystals they used and things like that, which means, guess what, as soon as we come home, she's right on the internet buying the fabric <laughs> you know and getting 
get to make the, the stuff exact. So a lot of our stuff is exactly as it would appear to Elton. In fact, the Dodgers costume we use, they commissioned Elton and David Furnish, they commissioned Molly to, to make a, a whole new Dodgers costume um, based on the original for that, for all the videos and the photos in his tour, right? So at the, the promo video that we used, the VR video, a lot of the stuff in the merchandise with the Dodgers outfit, well, that's me wearing the costume Molly made. Apparently they're having a, they, they don't have the original Dodgers costume from 1975. That belongs now to Hard Rock and is in the Hard Rock in Las Vegas. They will not sell out in that costume. <laughs> so that was it. It was like, well, we need to make one. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a good thing you fit into the older costumes opposed to the newer costumes, because if you fit into the older costumes, it means you're part of the, the slimmer, more trim Elton John. <laughs> ah, well, you know, the, the, the time off we had past couple of years, that didn't help too much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of became like, you know, Midwestern Elton. But, uh, <laughs> But yes, you know, the more the more gigs you do, the, the better in shape you get because he exerted so much energy during his live performance, as you know, because you, you witnessed it back in the 70s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he was also kind of, I mean, he was in his huge substance abuse days, too, so he was a little crazy for that, too. <laughs> That's right, and I have, to, I have to do all of that. <laughs> I need to do his cobra, right? Uh, a lot of people oftentimes if we're being advertised or if a newspaper is doing a review what they'll say is something like you know if you can't get tickets to go and see the real Elton John well we've got tickets to see the next best thing or something to that effect and uh, and I, I don't think that's right because because it's not the same uh, obviously Elton now he's got a whole different style he's he's become a lot more bluesy and a lot more soulful of course it doesn't you know he's more of the um, sitting down at the piano and it's all about the music type of performer but what I do is I give the audience something that they just cannot hear it anymore and that was Elton from those early 70s years uh, I think that's what makes a big difference right away the audience are on your side as soon as you walk out there with one of those outfits on immediately they know what this show is going to be all about oh yeah but he's going to be he's going to be in uh, Foxborough for two nights at a stadium so yeah I guess he's, I mean the, the, the farewell tour is a stadium tour so it, uh it's all over the world right now, finally, because he was put on hold as well for a couple of years. stuff had to be rescheduled. The thing with Elton is he's so incredibly relevant, and he has been for basically every year of his career. I mean, even now, he's incredibly relevant. He's on every TV show. He's on, you know, he's doing stuff for the Queen's Jubilee. He's, uh, he's, in, he's in movies and still touring. So he, he's, very, he's very relative and relevant. Uh, to what I do and I think that helps me a lot because it keeps the buzz alive doesn't it? Now did you pick up any pointers from the Rocketman movie? Uh, I did, I mean a lot of the stuff that I had done with Elton and his people his choreographers, his actual costumers, his production managers, his creative team, I had been I mean I was working with them a couple of years before the movie even came out a lot of the stuff that's in the film was very very um, familiar to me. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that they had, you know, a lot of the choreography and stuff they were doing in the film for some of those specific concerts, I had done the exact same thing. And I, uh, so it was kind of interesting watching someone else do it, uh, other than Elton or me, uh, because I think that for TV you have to do something very specific. You're trying to relate to an audience who are sitting there looking at you through a TV screen. 
and that is something completely different than on a big stage in front of a crowd. Right, so, right. You know, I think it. I think it translated very well for a movie. I think that, like many biopics, like The Doors, Ray, and the Johnny Cash movie, and things like that. I think that they do a great job of making it translate for television audiences, for movie-going audiences, but I think that that's also their biggest criticism, isn't it? When people say, especially Elton John fans, oh, that was nothing like what happened at that concert, or Elton John never did that, or Elton John... Well, that's because it's not the real Elton John, it's a movie, isn't it? Right. So they have to they have to give it that Hollywood and that treatment, and, and that's what the movie did for me. So it was an escape for me. Uh, it was it, in my opinion, anything like Elton's real life or his real tours or his real story? No, it wasn't, in my opinion. Well, it wasn't. You're, you, the the audience isn't going to levitate, and you're not going to become horizontal like the Troubadour scene in the Rocket Man movie. Yeah, and you know things like that. Right, that was obviously a dream sequence type of thing. It was it was a it was a, a fantasy film. So you're going to see things like that. But I think more the technical aspect of it. I think a lot of Elton John fans are kind of grumbling about that, like. Oh wait a minute! He he didn't even you know he didn't play the Crocodile Rock at the Troubadour. He didn't do this song at this concert. He didn't. You know. But for me, I don't really care about any of that. It's an escape. The movie was just an escape. It was like it was like the Dali version of Elton John's career. It was just a it was a fantasy film, and I I really enjoyed it. And I did get some pointers because it introduced a lot of younger people to Elton John as a younger performer, and that helped me out a lot. So I take advantage of the whole. You know, just the, just the, the movement and the, the energy level, the running around and all that, I think it helped me out a lot. Well, the you know uh, the thing I liked about that movie is it was fun. It was it was almost like a uh, a Broadway musical in a way, and it was interesting. And it came out around the same time as the Queen movie. And I think I think that that guy Taron did a far superior job as Elton John than Rami Malek did as as Freddie Mercury. And I think that the Elton John movie really was much much better than the Queen movie because I, I was fans of both of those bands, and I thought the Queen movie was very it was i think it was almost like the story was written on the back of a napkin and it was very simplified and i I, it was and the way they were presenting it was almost trying to be historic and it was inaccurate whereas the the rocket man movie was like you said it was more of a fantasy it was more of a like a a one-off story it was kind of just a feeling kind of thing and i think that was far superior of a film to the to the uh the bohemian rhapsody movie and And I mean, you're not alone there. Uh, what's interesting is just throughout, throughout, just traveling around the country and doing these shows, a lot of people talk to me about the film, obviously, and, and a lot of them do compare it to Bohemian Rhapsody, and it's about 50-50. You know, a lot of people will say, I prefer Bohemian Rhapsody, and the other half will say, I prefer Rocketman. And uh, I think it just comes down to two things, their expectation going into the movie, and also, um, you know, do... do you know, do they like the historic thing or do they like kind of fantasy movies? Uh, and and that's basically it because 100% of the people like Queen and 100% of the people like Elton John. So it, I think it's based purely on, on just uh, the style of movie, to mm. be honest with you. But, uh, I thought... Tell you what, I'm really happy that that overall they're bringing back some of these characters uh, in movies because you know some of my favorite films growing up was was I mean The Doors was my all-time favorite biopic. Man, that was a great film, but it was nothing like real life, right? Right. Uh, what it does is it it makes that band's legacy carry on. 
uh, to a whole other generation, then that's what ultimately we want. That's what you want for some of these legends who, let's face it, are not going to be around forever. Um, my wife and I saw the Elvis movie just uh, a couple of days ago, and same thing goes for that. I mean, just what a fantastic film to carry on the legacy. Right. another generation of people. And I'm always, I always kick myself when I went to the box office to buy tickets for a concert in the 70s and they had tickets for El, uh, not Elton, uh, for Elvis and I just kind of, because I was, I don't know, 15 years old at the time, I just right. looked at it and said, yeah, I don't want to see Elvis, he sucks. And I was like, you know, a 15, a smart-ass 15-year-old kid who didn't want to, uh, who had no interest in it and then like two years later he died and it was like, oh shit, I should have seen him. <laughs> You have to you have to consider that you know because there's those I, I don't I try and see as many people as I can because I don't want to regret not seeing them. Well, yeah, I mean the thing about Elton John is Elton John he came out big and he was big for a long time and then he tanked for a few years and then he wallowed until like I'm still standing came out and then he slowly came back and then he came back huge and now he, and then he turned into this living legend so he's had like a couple of you know resurgences in there and and so he's he's solidified his place in history as an icon whereas if he had disappeared in the early 70s and gone away after when he tanked the first time he would have kind of been forgotten in a way because other than a few of his, his songs but because he's had that he had the huge resurgence back in the in the late 80s and it, it just like i said it solidified his legendary status and when you have something like you do with a tribute act that kind of cements it all around that you'll be able to do that you'll probably be able to do it for the rest of your life basically uh, yeah that's that's a good point that you're making there because if you're an elvis impersonator that's a tough one because he died so young right so right. I mean, when, when you get up there in your 50 60 70 you can't exactly do it as easy as you probably once could uh and uh, play an elton and uh, sorry elvis as a 30 year old or a 40 year old even so i think the good thing about elton and people like billy joel and things like that i mean you could just move on from the 70s to the 80s elton move on from the 80s to the 90s and then the 90s to the 2000s so um, i am hoping that this buzz that's certainly around Elton right now in this particular decade that I'm I'm hitting it just at the right time to where not only are tribute acts big anyway but I'm paying tribute to to arguably the biggest one out there uh, the biggest act out there and so I'm hoping that the, the length of time I've been doing it and also the type of Elton show that I put on is going to push me to the front of the queue when it comes to, uh, you know, well, hey, we want an Elton John tribute show for a performing arts centre. Which one do we call? You know, I like to, as well, I like to move away from the tribute act um, title because our show is clearly not just a tribute act. It's more of a standalone musical, uh, more along the lines of something like the Million Dollar Quartet or um, the Little Shop of Horrors or SpongeBob the Musical or something like that. It's definitely a more it's a cross. <laughs> I've never heard them anybody compare themselves to SpongeBob. <laughs> well, I saw, I saw that show and I thought, you know, this is this is basically a tribute to SpongeBob, but it has that key element that we focus on, which is it's a crossover. It's it's crossing over into theatre, and that is what we do. So a lot of places they won't even bill us as a tribute act. Now they're billing it as as a as a show, as a as a musical. Well, there's a Neil Diamond show that's popping around that's doing that. There's a uh, Simon and Garfunkel show that's 
coming around that's doing the same thing so yeah i think i think if i think you've got it nailed that you're you're doing it i i play in a tribute act as well i play in a neil young tribute but i uh, we don't do the imitation thing we just play the music and but we do we have some of the stage props and such but we don't we don't try to imitate neil um because it's an imitating neil is a kind of a weird thing and it kind of gets into uh, almost a comical stage when you try to imitate neil young it kind of turns into a bad jimmy fallon impression <laughs> so we don't try to do that we just sing on our own voices and we just we appreciate the music and his talent as opposed to trying to imitate him but from what i've seen of your videos you seem to naturally be able to emulate the the whole neil young experience uh, not neil young the whole elton john experience oh yeah i mean when i before I even did the Elton John tribute, I think a big reason that a lot of people were saying, you kind of remind us of Elton John, going back a bit now, so when I first started doing Elton John was 2009, right? Because when I, before I even was thinking about an Elton John show, I was, I'd do a lot of the same things, you know, I'd jump on top of the piano, I would, I would go down and lay down on the ground and play piano over my head, and just a lot of the mannerisms and a lot of the, a lot like that that Elton was doing in the 70s, well, I was already doing that anyway, and I don't know why I ended up like that, because I didn't really see much of Elton John other than just clips on TV when I was growing up, right? It was really interesting, going back to what I was telling you about when I when I originally got contacted by Elton John. I think the, a big reason that they liked what I did was because they, like what you were saying about Neil Young there, that his creative team in his, in his office, they liked the fact that I was not personating Elton. I was more or less being myself, but I was capturing the kind of essence of Elton. Right, right. That's I think that's more important. Yeah, and I think that's that's what his team liked. And ultimately, when when it got to Elton, I think that's what he really liked as well. Because about that, that we don't want you to impersonate Elton. You want you to be yourself. Bring your own thing to this, but just do it. You know, as if you were at an actual, con as if you were actually on stage at Dodger Stadium in 1975, and that I think is what makes all the difference. And I enjoy it every night. I go out on stage. I just, just have such a great time, and the audiences are so good. Elton John supporters, Elton John's audiences are so supportive. They know the songs. So when you go, uh, when you go to a show, when you do a show like this one that we've got coming up here, which uh, is going to be so cool. It's the first time I've ever been in Providence by the way. Good thing about that is when, when we walk out on stage and the audience, they're on your side right from the first song because they know the songs, they know Elton John's character, they know there's going to be costumes, there's going to be piano playing, there's going to be rock and roll. They immediately are on your side. You don't really have to win them over. Right, so right. I think that I think Elton John is unique to that. Elton John, maybe a couple of others. There's Elton John, Tina Turner, Rod Stewart. There's a few of those icons who have that. They're, they're lucky in that way where, if you're a tribute act where the fans are so devoted. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, super excited to be able to do this every night on stage. What a thrill it is. Well, the, the thing about the thing about you is as being in this is this position is that you've worked with Elton John. I didn't at first. It was just me and his choreographer, his creative team, his costume designer, his merchandise manager. Uh, they were all there uh, for the first few sessions that we were doing, the first few videos we were shooting and, and photo shoots. And then they surprised me. I'm sitting there and uh, I was dressed like Elton wearing a Dodgers costume. <laughs> 
the, yeah, and uh, I, and I could hear the the tech people saying, you know, Elton is you know five minutes out, Elton's four minutes out, and I'm going, what are you talking about? I'm sitting right here, you know, because I'm so used to people referring to me as Elton during my shows, right? I'm going, what are they talking about? Elton, Elton's on his way. Wouldn't you know it? And the door opened, and Elton John came walking in, and. <laughs> It was, it was one of the most shocking moments of my whole life. It's like I it was like King Henry VIII walking in, you know. You just, <laughs> this, I mean, this is Elton John. This is this is the person who was on that stage at Dodger Stadium. This is the guy who wore that Donald Duck outfit in Central Park. This is the guy who sang at Princess Diana's funeral. I mean, this is him. He's standing here in front of me, and it's hard to believe. It honestly is. He's. He's certainly the most famous person I've ever met, and I've met a lot of famous people. And uh, he just has, you don't know what to do, you don't know what to say or anything like that, but he talked to me. We were talking, we were sitting at the lunch table together, and uh, he was going, you know, how are you doing, young man? He's like, you're doing a great job, <laughs> you know? And his, and his husband, uh, David Burnish, he's like, I can't believe how good this is. He's like, uh, you know, you look so good. You look, look, I love the costume. They love the Dodger Stadium stuff, the whole sequence when, we're, when I'm running around the stage at Dodgers. They use, they use that stuff on the big screen at his tour, and it's so cool. And, and I got, you know, I got to spend the day with them, did a whole bunch of photos with them and stuff. Like a dream come true for a tribute act. Well, that's that's like a one-up that most tribute acts don't get to do. They don't usually get to meet or do any kind of work with with the performer at all. I mean, most tribute acts act uh, operate independently from the act and have never met or even interacted with them. I've had the pleasure of briefly meeting Neil Young, and uh, I've had a interactions with him and some of his crew and such so that's the fortunate thing i've had you know that makes me feel good that i've been able to do that but you've had the blessing of neil of uh, elton john which is you know that's a huge thing right there to have the blessing and actually be chosen by elton john to work and to represent him i mean when you're chosen to represent somebody by that person that's that's different than being cast in a role after the person's dead i mean you're actually that person's actually saying this is who i want to represent me which is eons better than anything you could ever get you've got it's like having the blessing of the pope you've got it <laughs> i know that's what it and he like. has the costumes to boot <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's like the Holy Grail. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm very, very lucky because when uh, my wife and I, we talk about it often, just on a random day when we're sitting on the couch or whatever watching the TV, we'll just say, can you believe how big this thing has become? You know, can you believe? And we were, when we were first talking about putting together a little tribute night at the local pub down here in Tampa, you know, and we were, you know, trying, we went to Party City and we bought some decorations to put on the table, some little feathers and things like that. And fast forward, can you believe that it got so big that now we actually got a chance to not only meet and work with the actual Elton John himself, but that we're able to go and perform for these incredible audiences at these just beautiful venues every night. And that, it does, it does require a lot of uh, humble because when I go out there, the audiences, sometimes they really make you feel like you're the real Elton. So I try and treat them like they are a real audience at a real Elton John concert, I think. And, and it, at the end of the day, it's teamwork especially after the last couple of years where they were sitting at home, I was sitting at home, you know, Elton John was sitting at home. So now that we're back, we're back with a bang. And our show, we've, we've made a bunch of improvement uh, because the time is now. 
the time is now. Oh yeah, no, you've got it going, and you've got the time, and especially since he's retiring, you'll fill the void for a lot of people. So that's that's you know that gives you like job security pretty much. It does, but not only that. Like I was saying before, he is still touring, and his farewell tour is just unbelievable. I mean, wow, we went to it in Tampa and talk about just a spectacle. I mean, visually it's incredible, musically it's incredible, but Elton John's piano playing and his voice is so strong, you know. I'm, I'm, nothing, nothing like the 70s Elton, it's not, you can't even compare it to that because it's almost like a different performer entirely now, but the strength that that person has in his voice is un it's, uh, it can't be matched. I think he's arguably got the strongest vocal in the world right now for, for the type of singer he is. Do you do, I mean, when, I know you started, a lot of musicians start out doing their own stuff, and, and do you write any of your own music or, or on the side perform any of your own music? I mean, I, I do write songs and I do perform my own songs, but I just... I've not focused on it in so long. I think the last time I actually did a, a gig with my own songs was probably 10 years ago. Uh, so it's just been all about Elton for me, but my uh, sister-in-law is a, a very popular uh, singer uh, and she has the most beautiful songs also. I do a lot of performing with her and recording with her. Uh, her songs are on uh, ABC Family and things like that. She does a lot of stuff. Nice. Uh, commercially. And so I, a lot of my creative time uh, when I'm not doing Elton John is spent uh, doing stuff with my sister-in-law who's, ju who's just amazing. Um, well, at least you get you're you're fulfilled as a musician. You're you're being able to do both, and that's a, that's a good thing because that I know as a musician that I, I enjoy performing my own music and love to do my own solo shows. But I also love playing with the band, and it's just that gives me fulfillment all around. So that's it. Sounds like you're getting that as well. Yeah, very much so. It's very rewarding if you can do uh, if you can do any kind of art and uh, to you know make a living with it and be relatively successful at it and enjoy it most of all I think uh, that's the trifecta right there I'm very grateful and, and every day I'm grateful for just everything that's led up to now you know I'm grateful for the decision to to move over to America and the, the, I'm very grateful to America for being you know for receiving me for being so kind to me it's, it's given me everything i'd ever dreamed about when i was a little boy i've got very grateful for meeting my wife who now is my business partner and that you know that is a match made in the heaven right there you know elton john tribute act and my wife makes the costumes i mean it doesn't get better than that you know? in closing why don't you just take me through what the show is going to be like at PPAC on july 16th when the curtain opens uh, specifically at the PPAC. First of all, this is our first time ever performing, uh, not only in Providence, but in Rhode Island. So it's going to be extra special. We have a great show. We have a full band, and we're going to be reenacting uh, Elton's early concerts from his uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road tour in 1973. On top of all those costumes, on top of all that energy, you're getting all of those songs. We're going to treat the audience like they're at a real Elton John concert because I already know audiences in the Northeast go nuts for Elton John. They're already going to treat me like I'm the real Elton John. So uh, it's teamwork. We're going to give them something that they just can't see anymore. I'm very excited to take people back in time who were there the first time around to see Elton in the 70s particularly thanks to things like the movie now and various other projects Elton's involved with, like Sing. You know, he did the music for the movie Sing. 
I'm excited to introduce Elton John in the 70s to a younger audience. That, I think, is is something that I get to do which is really special. Because not only am I seeing folks who are you know, in their 80s and their 90s and in front of me, I'm getting to see people now who are 16, 17, 18, and even younger, sitting there with their parents and their grandparents. And that's cool because you get a chance to express to the younger audiences that, hey, look, Elton John, he was... He was the original Justin Bieber. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm very excited. My first time playing in a particular city is always my favourite time. This is the first time in Providence, first time in Rhode Island. I can't wait for the audience to see what we have door for them. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. It sounds like it's going to be a great show, and uh, hopefully you have a, a great turnout for it, because it, it sounds like something not to be missed. And uh, I, I thank you for, for talking to me today, and hopefully oh. I'll catch you sometime down the road. Yes, John, and likewise, what a privilege to talk with you. I love your podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you. You know, if you ever get a, get around to talking with, uh, with uh, Elton or any of his people, uh, tell him to come and catch a show one night, you know? He may just get a, he may just get a surprise. Well, the closest I've come to Elton John is shaking his hand, so I've gotten that far, so... Okay, well, well there you go. So it's like, that's like shaking, uh, like shaking the King of England's hand. Yep, that's true. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's been a, a real pleasure talking to you, and uh, good luck with the show. Uh, cheers, John. Pleasure's all mine. Okie dokie. Thanks to Russ Sanderson for being part of this episode of the Roots Report podcast. The Russ Sanderson Rocketman show will be at the Providence Performing Arts Center on July 16th. For more, Crocodile Rock over to ppacri.org. The Roots Report podcast is presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by The Parlor. Our Entertainment, the Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, Grace Ale Brewing of Rhode Island, and SE Microphones. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.